This is episode 113 of Relate. Wake up to your own life with Don Weibel. We are spending more and more time in the online world, looking through our screens and increasingly disconnected with those around us. But studies have proven that it's real-life meaningful relationships that bring us the most joy and happiness. It's all about human connection and conversing with people from a variety of backgrounds. Worlds change when eyes meet. So let's sit down and relate. I am your host, Patrick McAndrew, and today we are talking with a woman named Dawn Weibel. This is a really great episode because Dawn is the founder of Talk More, Tech Less, and there's a lot of great things that she teaches and educates people on within her organization. And specifically in this episode of Relate, we talk about the withdrawal signs that come from leaving our cell phones behind, which is something that we should really practice more often. We talk about how multitasking is a myth and why society has this tendency to elevate multitasking so often nowadays. We talk about how technology has the power to affect how we think and how we feel about ourselves and that nowadays tech has become monetized. Technology used to be this tool that was used for productivity and to make our lives more convenient. And while it still does that in some sense, Don talks to us about how monetizing tech has really caused a lot of the issues nowadays within what's being called the attention economy. We also talk about why it's important to get curious about how we use our tech Dawn talks to us about her Talk More Meals program, which is amazing. We talk a lot about the importance of sharing a meal together. And Dawn explains why it's important to wake up to your own life. I think that you guys are really going to enjoy this episode a lot. There's a lot of great information that Dawn shares with us. So, a little bit more about Dawn. Don Weibel is the founder of Talk More Tech Less, which is an organization bringing awareness, education, and resources for digital health. Researching this topic kept leading her to the importance of space and connection around mealtimes and how they are missing in our busy lives. In 2017, she launched Tech More Meals, as I mentioned before, and this is a local food prep company feeding delicious gluten-free food to Waco, Texas residents with talking points on their labels for connection around healthy meals. Dawn is a former teacher and Baylor University alum. She is a member of the Digital Wellness Collective, which I've had a lot of members on this show from. Dawn also speaks in communities and school districts, educating about online safety and digital health. There is a wealth of knowledge in this episode, and I think a lot of you will get a lot of great information on this. Please follow us on Instagram at Relate Podcast. Let me know your thoughts on this episode. Feel free to subscribe, leave a comment on Apple Podcasts, and engage, relate with what we're talking about. So, with all of that said, let me please introduce Don Weibel.
Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Relate. Today's guest is Don Weibel. Don, thanks so much for being with us today. Hi, thanks so much for having me. I'm very excited to have you on the show. We had the opportunity to connect, I guess it was a, a couple months ago before, you know, this whole COVID situation took place. And I'm very inspired by the work that you're doing and the creation of Talk More and Tech Less and specifically what you do with regards to bringing awareness and education about what it means to be digitally well, specifically in today's age where we're all so very attached to our devices and to the online space. So I'm very happy to have you on the show and really dissect more into what you're doing with your career. Yeah, thanks so much. I, it was right before everything hit, I think, when we were communicating. So Yes, yes. And I think now more than ever, it's important to have a discussion about a healthy balance with technology because so many of us, we've, we have always or rather recently have spent so much time online, but even now more than ever, so much of our lives are online. And so I think it's important to have these conversations to really talk about, okay, how, how do we find that, that balance in our lives? Right. It is, it, it's increasingly getting more and more relevant. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm wondering if you could start off by sharing with our listeners, maybe just a little bit about your background and what led you to create Talk More Tech Less? Yeah. So I'm a former teacher and in 2014, uh, I have three boys currently, three little boys, and I was home with one of my babies and um, work, I was just working from home. And my husband and I have been working with teenagers, junior high and high school teenagers for 20 plus years, either doing youth ministry or doing um, teaching, being a teacher. And we saw, we literally just saw the shift happen as social media started coming on the scene. Even the internet started coming on the scene. Um, and then for sure, when iPhones and handhelds um, were present, we really just saw a huge shift, especially in that generation of just being behind the screen so much and how much that affected their lives and how much distraction there was, how much it was affecting their relationships, their communication. Um, and I'll give you a real specific example. Right before we started Talk More Tech Less, we were doing a summer camp um, for young men. My husband has an organization that mentors junior high and high school boys in the outdoors. So we're in an outdoor summer camp. And the first week that um, they come in and get dropped off and sign in. We're taking up their medications and their cell phones, putting them in baggies. And um, when we first started the camp, that wasn't much, that wasn't a real big deal. But as years went on, it was really, really hard for them to hand over the cell phones. Huh. Um, and we started to notice a lot of signs of withdrawal in the first three days of camp where they would uh, literally their hands would reach for a phone that wasn't there. Um, the eye contact was highly reduced uh, communication skills. We used to just cook in the kitchen and teach them about cooking in the evenings when they would come back from a hunt. Um, and conversation was really easy uh, 15, 20 years ago with the students. And we just noticed that it was really hard for them to engage even in conversation. So seeing those physical signs, emotional signs, um, and even the communication levels, we started to deep dive into this subject and just 
wondering what's going on. And as I researched and started unpacking um, what was happening with not only that generation, but really the generations coming up behind them that were actually going to be raised in this digital age, um, all of the evidence started to really show that there was an issue there. And so we built these, we started out with a really practical thing and we said, hey guys, let's build these boxes so when you get back from camp, you have a place to put your phone because they all said that it was really meaningful that for them to have a full week off distraction free um, without their phones. They were able to self-check, um, really get into some issues they were dealing with themselves and then just communication and relationally they were they felt like it was a lot easier to engage with others when they didn't have their phone on their body and so we built these boxes we call them detox boxes and they had extra wood from a project they were doing that week at camp and we used the uh, we, we used the wood and we designed and built these boxes and um, it's really funny because we still sell the detox boxes on our website but for cell phones but they've changed so much over the years with technology changing so rapidly so we had tiny little boxes black, back when there were slivers and blackberries and now they're enormous because you know the iPhone 11 is a lot bigger <laughs> right right um, so our technology has changed along with technology <laughs> Uh, but that's kind of just the early days of um, how Talk More Tech Less launched. When I got back um, to Waco, I started the organization, Talk More Tech Less. I started speaking in schools as a teacher. Um, it was an easy segue for me to get into schools and do online, present online safety presentations to the students and digital health presentations to the parents and teachers um, just about the amount of time kids can be online and what's healthy for them. Um, and we can deep dive more into that, but that's, that's just the early stages of talk more tech less. Well, it's exciting too, to see that both you and your husband have been doing this work for a long time. And as you mentioned before, technology has advanced so fast and it's been interesting to see this space of digital wellness, digital health, digital well-being advance with that technology as well. And I'm a firm believer that as technology continues to advance, this type of work is only going to become more and more important. And I know a lot of what you talk about in your work and in your research centers along the lines of mental health. And I'm wondering if you could share with us just from your experience and expertise, what is the impact of excessive tech use on mental health? Yes. So early on, the American Pediatric Association, they would say two hours a day was what was important. Um, that's That was a good limit for kids to be behind a screen. Um, and that is not a lot of time. I mean, if you think about a kid watching a Disney cartoon, that's one, that's one show. Um, and now having so much more available than just a movie screen, they're, they're on nine to 12 hours a day is a regular time that um, uh, kids are on, on their screens. And so it's definitely affecting early age uh, development, brain development, but there's also so much associated with the amount of time that we're online, even as adults that affect our uh, mental health. It affects our anxiety levels. It affects our, um, a lot of times it's even leaving, leading to depression and suicide. Um, and so it's not just the distraction of the phone 
being there when a text comes in, uh, the alert goes off, our, le our hormone levels go up, and then we go to check it. Um, it's, so it's not just distraction. It's also the amount of time that we're on that's affecting our mental health. And so, you know, there's so many terms out there. There's digital distraction, uh, the mental fog, the brain fog. Um, it, it's a real thing because we are multitasking so much. So when we go to look at our phone and say, oh, I need to put this in my calendar, we reach for our phone and we have a couple notifications there. Well, we have totally lost the thought of what we were going to put in our calendar. And now we're moving on to answering the text messages that were on our screen. And then we automatically go to whatever the next app is that we spend the most time in. So maybe it's Instagram or it's email. And we've gone down this deep rabbit trail. And then we put the phone down and look back at what we were doing. And we all go, oh, I was going to put this in my calendar and I forgot. Um, so, so many of us you know, deal with that digital distraction and deal with that. Um, and, and it really is affecting our, it's affecting our brains. It's affecting our mental health. It's affecting not only how we think, but actually how we feel. Um, and that weighs on our body. And so when we speak to the students, when we speak to the uh, community, even the parents and educating them, about that. We talk about different boundaries to put in place to help us to really have good focus. Um, so we're, we're seeing a huge shift happen in mental health issues uh, with the rise of more technology. Yeah. And it's really amazing in a scary way to understand the influence that technology does have on, to use your words, the way that we think and the way that we feel. We grow accustomed to the habit of checking our phones so regularly for these notifications or for these messages. And our phones could do so many things that it has this way of alluring us in. What do you think it is about our devices that is so intoxicating? And why is it, why do you think it's so easy for people to check their phones when in the company of others? Yeah, it, it, when we start our, when I start our presentations, you know, I say we're named talk more, tech less. We're not saying no technology because our technology is a huge part of our work. Um, of course, right now with COVID, it's a huge part of school, um, online school, online learning. Uh, I do my grocery shopping with our grocery store has a curbside pickup. So I can hop on my app, throw my groceries in my cart, pull up. And they bring them out to my car. I mean, so technology is initially designed to make life more convenient. It's initially designed for connection and for productivity. But what's happened is as it's been monetized, as the apps have been monetized, as the um, devices have, you know, been a moneymaker, there has been a... a issue of neutrality that's been lost. And so the way that the apps are actually designed, the way that these devices are designed, they're designed to actually cause us to come back. They, they study the brain, the developers study the brain, they study how, you know, what will um, hook us, what will get us to come back into the app often, what will shoot um, our dopamine levels up higher. Um, even the smallest things as far as uh, making alerts the color red 
red is a sign that of alert. It's a sign of um, emergency. And so we see a little red dot and we just, our bodies and our brains feel like they have to go check it. And so the tiniest things, the colors on the screen, the bright colors are very alluring. I mean, you can look at a two-year-old and see that they're more drawn to a cell phone screen than they would be to a tree outside or, you know, something in the natural world. Um, and so they're actually designed to get us to go back into them. And so that's why we say technology is a really amazing tool for us to be able to use for productivity and for connection. But when those two things start to go out the window and we are feeling less productive and less connected, then we know that our technology has started to master us. It started to take over and we have to do some adjustments in our life to get that back. Yeah, I think you made a really important point too about tech now being monetized, that really the intention behind technology nowadays, or at least it seems, is exactly what you said, is is really working within this attention economy to get as many eyeballs on a specific app or a specific website and to really keep our attention there for as long as possible. And it's really been troubling to really figure out that balance as to okay how do we how do we use technology responsibly i i think you know to use your words earlier it's was really initially intentioned to increase our productivity to increase our connection so a, a lot of what we talk about on this podcast is about the importance of relationships specifically in the age of technology how do you think that we can use technology responsibly so as to enhance our relationships so that it technology has the power to add to our relationships instead of taking away from them? Yeah, as I said earlier, it's funny that you said tech responsibly. That's the um, the hashtag that we use on our social media is tech responsibly because there, like I said, there is so much to be said about technology, especially right now, while everyone's in home, they're able to FaceTime relatives, they're able to, um, I mean, we've seen so many stories of connection during this time and how important it is. But like you said, with the apps being monetized, we initially were in an information age when technology came on the scene where information was available to us at the you know, touch of a finger. And then all of a sudden it became an attention economy. And so it moved from that information age to attention economy. And so I think the first step and what we say in all of our trainings is the very first step is awareness. If we can see and our eyes are open to the fact that this it our, our attention is making money for someone else, then we can start to take the steps to say, okay, I realize what I'm doing now. Um, my eyes have been open to this. Um, and so that awareness, that opening our eyes to the issue is the first step. And then to really just in a non-judgmental way, kind of get curious about the different areas that um, we go to our technology quickly. Um, what do we go to first? What do we spend the most time on? Is it a game that we may be addicted to? Is it um, a social media app that we uh, open often and check and keep up with? Is it 
a lot of us can get lost in so much of the work aspect. And so we're having to post a lot for work. We're having to stay on top of it um, to stay in the game because that's how especially Instagram and Facebook work. The more you're on it, the more you're liking things, the more your stuff is going to be seen. And so um, if you're running a brand or if your you know, social media is attached to your work, that that could keep you um, overly connected. And then it just makes it easier when you're in the presence of your loved ones to be going to those things uh, because you're not aware of it. And so if you're awake and aware, I think that uh, that's the first step to really looking at what boundaries you need to draw in your own life. And a lot of people ask, what do I need to do to get off my technology? Well, the answer is different for everyone because everybody's lives are set up in such different ways. And so if you can do the internal work yourself of what does it look like for my day? What areas of my life do I need to take some time off of? Um, and we can talk more about meal times in a little bit with Talk More Meals, but that was one of the very first things in my life when I started to um, internalize where are my issues um, with overuse of my technology and what do I need, to, what boundaries do I need to draw in my own life? And it ended up looking, looking like uh, around the table. Um, but a lot of the youth, uh, the young men that we were working with, theirs was nighttime. And they were saying, we really need to take some time off for our sleep health. And so they would put their phones in the boxes in the evening before bed and keep them out of the bedroom, which was a huge step. They were able to sleep. They weren't on websites and um, social media in the middle of the night. Um, they weren't deep diving into the dark web <laughs> because their phones were put away, you know, during that time. And so, um, yeah, I, my, I think my answer is that it's different for each person, but as you start to look at your own patterns um, and like I said, not in a judgmental way, but in a very non-judgmental way, just observing yourself and seeing where you feel like your mind has uh, maybe been hacked and what areas you're spending more time on your technology and then adjust from there. I think the awareness is a really big part of all of this. I, I love that you mentioned that because... I know when I first started entering into this work, much like yourself, it was a matter of observing my surroundings and just seeing that everyone's attention was more so on their devices than the people around them. And I, I find that in the conversations I have, when people are aware of this, that they want to make an active change to be more present in whether it's their relationships or their work or their everyday lives, it's when they have that awareness and that they want to change that then they are able to act on that. And to kind of go off of what you were briefly mentioning before about productivity, about tech uh, really being initially designed to improve our productivity, I think that it's very common nowadays that technology could actually have the opposing effect and, and hurt our productivity. I'm I'm wondering from your perspective, how can technology hurt our productivity when we spend so much of our time online, especially today? Yeah, it's as we've looked into different um, corporate uh, events and speaking at with companies, it's really been eye-opening to see how much time is spent 
digitally distracted, how much time at work, um, on the job hours, 70% of the time spent at work is a distracted work time. And only 30% of the time spent at work is undistracted work. And so that, that is a huge piece. I mean, if you want to talk about monetizing (laughs) technology, um, put your technology away during work hours. But the hard thing about that is so much of it is on our devices. And so you think about when, you know, you're opening an app to, you know, look at your bank bank statement and you get distracted by the next app and the next app or someone's calling you, you're available to everyone at all times because your handheld is in your hand. Um, it doesn't give you those work hours. And so to really do some deep, focused, productive work, you're going to have to look at how to turn off sections of your phone um, and really focus on the areas. Um, you know, there's all kinds of different ways to do it. There's the batch work. Um, there's ways to, you know, swipe up and turn on your do not disturb, set your phone in the next room while you're working on your laptop. There's also um, apps that you can use, the Freedom app, you can use to turn off different websites at different times while you're working, just to really uh, dive into that productivity, because I've talked to numerous people, um, even writers, that say, I'm, I'm trying to just write a book. I'm just trying to get some writing done, and I, and I can't. My mind is so scattered and um, divided in so many different directions that I can't even be productive in the one task that I have, which is to sit down and write. And so many of them are taking retreats away from their technology to go um, have, you know, three days to just clear their mind, clear their head, not have any communication or connection. And then the words start to flow and they're able to just pour out a big chunk of their work. Um, and so I think it, it looked like, I, like everything else, it looks different for every person, depending on what your job structure is. But in a lot of the corporate settings, we just say there, there's a lot of different ways to be able to turn off all the distracting apps, all the distracting se- sections of your phone so that you can get your productive work done because you're, the multitasking just isn't working <laughs> for productivity. <laughs> right. Well, it's, it's, it, it is very much a myth, isn't it? Like in a it lot is. of job descriptions, you'll see, oh, we want to find someone with the ability to multitask. But then when you really dissect what multitasking is, you find that it, it really is a very unproductive way of working. It really is. It is a myth. And when we can use our whole mind to focus on something, then we have all of that power going towards that one thing. It can get done in so much less time. And that's productivity. Yeah, I would absolutely agree with that. I think it's a skill set that a lot of people really need to cultivate nowadays. I'm, I'm reminded of Cal Newport's book, uh, both Deep Work, and then he wrote the Digital Minimalism book as well, about yes. really, as you just mentioned, that ability to just have laser focus on a specific task that you're doing, because when you're able to do that, then you're able to get that task done so much more quickly and very much more efficiently as well. Right. And there's a professor I work with at Baylor, um, Dr. Roberts, who also wrote a book on minimalism. And his his first book was about um, material minimalism, but it just eventually led to this digital aspect of really, if we can get down to 
um, being less distracted by all the things offered to us, then we're going to be able to get down to what really matters. And honestly, looking at this whole last three months when um, COVID hit the country and things started shutting down, it was it was really fascinating to watch the world shut down and the things that we valued so much, the things that we spent poured so much time into all of a sudden it was, we're at home. We're having to feed ourselves. We're having to spend time with, you know, if you live by yourself, just spend time with yourself. Or if you live with your family, spend time with those closest in our lives. I remember it being so hard for our kids and their friends and then a little bit older even like teenage age kids for them to realize I can't hang out with my friends right now um, my sports are canceled we can't go to that baseball game we had scheduled this summer I mean just the most enormous things were canceled we we're here close to Austin so when South by Southwest was canceled we we're like oh this is getting real yeah this is real um, but to see the world slow down is a beautiful picture of that minimal minimalism. Actually, it was all of the fat was cut off. And what do we have left? We have our people in our lives. We have our work because a lot of us had to figure out and pivot and um, figure out how to do work with things closing down. And what do we need to do to adjust here? Um, and we had, you know, we had to feed our bodies. <laughs> it was like survival. Um, so I think that that, that's an important picture of what it looks like when you can minimize the things in your life, whether it's on your screen or in your own life, you're going to have that laser focus. You're going to be able to be, um, have the connection, have the productivity and use what you need to use to get things done. Yeah. I think that this is a huge part of what it means to be uh, digitally well to, to practice a digital wellness is to really implement these tendencies of simplicity and practicing simplicity and, and practicing some form of minimalism, even if it's just for maybe like one day a week or something like that. From your perspective, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on how, how do you see digital wellness? What, what does digital wellness mean to you? Yeah, that, you actually put it really well. Um, digital wellness to me means that I physically, mentally, and relationally feel well in my life. Um, and I know that when I am too busy, too scattered, there's too many windows open in my phone, to use a perfect analogy, um, that I'm not well. I'm not doing well. I'm on edge with my family. I'm on edge at work. I can feel things kind of falling apart. And I know that I need to simplify. I know that I need to back off of whatever that looks like for me, you know, so when I feel physically, mentally, and relationally well, then I know that I'm, I'm digitally well and digitally healthy. And a lot of times that's going to take different steps for different people. For me, I've learned uh, to pay attention to it. And so, like I said, in kind of an um, observation way, looking at my life, what's going on right now? What am I stressed about right now? Why am I um, choosing to sit on my couch and scroll rather than engage? Um, and then when I actually take the time to choose in a very um, 
intentional way, then I'm feeling well about what I'm choosing. So for example, yesterday I went to my phone to do something and I got what I needed to get done on my phone. And then I wanted to go to another app and I chose, I just sat there. It was a simple little act, but I just chose, I'm not going to get on this right now. And I set it down and I walked away and I felt so good. <laughs> and it was such a simple thing, but I just was like, you know, I'm getting somewhere with this because normally my mind would just tell me open it and I would sit there for another 10, 15, maybe 30 minutes and not get the thing done that I needed to get done. And so intentional acts um, eventually start to come after the awake awareness and awakening. We have a 30 day journey um, on our website that we go through. It comes with a detox box and it has 30 day car. Uh, it has 30 cards and the cards are only they'll take you about two minutes a day, but it takes you through this journey of digital health. And like I said, the first step is the awareness. And then there's kind of an awakening when you start to really log your hours, log your time, where you're able to see this, you know, how much screen time am I really use, spend, how much of my day am I really using on my screen? Um, and then there's a whole section on just what does that look like to dig in deep to why I go to these things and what can I do um, and why do I need it? What what are some areas in my life where I feel like I need to um, continue to go to these apps or continue to go to this device? And then the last step is the change. What changes can I make after you've kind of been awakened? Um, and so it's a simple, like I said, it's a simple one example of one of the cards is um, leave everything at home and go for a 20 minute walk. Don't bring your music. Don't bring your phone. Um, just go for a 20 minute walk. If you have the opportunity to do that. And that's really hard. We think we need to have our phone with us for emergencies or, um, especially if you have small kids, it's really hard to do if you don't have, you know, some backup plan, but, um, just being able to be out in nature for 20 minutes and detox your mind and your body, uh, a lot of people that went through the 30 days said, I can't tell you how long it's been since I've done that. And it felt so good to just be outside away from everything. And it's because we were made for that. You know, we, we, our bodies naturally need that and we don't give it to them. There's a tangible quality to our experience in nature that is so viscerally human that Exactly like you said, it's it's so important that we give ourselves and our bodies and our, our being that sort of experience because, I don't know, I, I feel that it allows us to connect to the world better and to connect to each other as well. And this actually leads me to my next question. I, I would love for you to talk with our listeners about Talk More Meals because I think this is an amazing initiative. So I, I would love to, to just hear you talk about this. Yeah, so like I said, when we started Talk More Tech Less in 2014, I was speaking in schools and speaking in the community. Um, and the more research I was doing, so much kept leading me around uh, to space around the table and how it's just missing in our culture. I mean, we are running through fast food, eating it in the car on the way to soccer practice. We are, a lot of times, especially with older kids, there is not a actual meal time to sit down to. We love pulling the TV trays out and binge watching 
something on Netflix and eating dinner to that, um, going out to restaurants where there's iPads for our kids to play games on and we're ordering our meals on the devices. Um, and so we just started to really see where mealtime connection was missing and how important it is to actually commune together and share a meal. I mean, it is talk about survival. This is one of the and one of the main things that we were created for was to feed our bodies and to have relationships. And so we are um, bringing that back with Talk More Meals. I was cooking at the time. I was cooking for some friends um, gluten-free meals because they were needing to eat healthy. And um, I, I was doing Talk More Tech Less and cooking these meals at my house. And I realized, you know, as this is growing, word was spreading and some of their friends were, you know, telling them about the meals. And I love to cook. I grew up cooking with my family and uh, I started realizing this actually all comes together. And I think I'm going to start something local called Talk More Meals, where we have talking points on the label. Um, I can make my meals and we can feed communities and gather them around the table, but it's also going to already be made for them. So it's easy, easy like fast food, easy, but it's going to be really healthy food. And they're going to be able to sit down around a table and talk about these talking points. Um, and another thing I found out working with kids was a lot of times parents would come up and say, well, so we put the phones down, but what do we do now? And so we were like, well, we'll put a talking point on there and, and give them a starting point. So some of the talking points on our labels are as simple as, you know, what yet last week was, what was your favorite, what's your favorite 2020 meme right now? Cause there's some pretty funny memes out there. Um, and then they can go deeper to what's something kind that you did for somebody today. Um, what was your favorite place? What's your favorite place to visit? Where do you want to go? Um, on a trip next summer or, you know, just different questions that we have. And it just starts the conversation. And we've heard some pretty amazing stories uh, about conversations that have happened over the meal. Plus it's anti-inflammatory food. So people not only are connecting on a healthy level communication wise, but they're also feeding their body healthy food so that it's just local to Waco right now. Talk more meals. We cook everything and deliver it on Mondays. Um, people order their we their meals for the week, but um, we're hoping to have some expansion at some point. We'll see what happens with it, but it's been a really exciting thing to see happen here in our community. Well, there's so much heart in that type of work as well. As you were speaking, I'm just smiling over here because it's like it's it's those sort of things that are so important is like sharing a meal together and and laughing and sharing stories and and sharing your interests as well and you know, uh, sharing those moments with family you've known for years, but then also maybe sharing those moments with people you've just met as well. It really is a powerful and important opportunity for all of us to, as you said, share a meal together. It's so, it's so crucial. It really is. And, you know, when we first started, the last thing I ever wanted this organization to be built on was people feeling bad about their technology because, it is so, it's a huge part of our lives right now. And so Talk More Meals isn't about looking around at restaurants and shaming people because they're on their phone. It's really actually the opposite. It's giving an opportunity for connection and seeing the amazing goodness of that connection and what, what that can look like. So we kind of take the focus off, 
don't use your tech and put the focus on here's human life. And this is what we long for. This is what we, um, you know, this is really what brings us life. Talk about um, dopamine levels flying high when you're able to have a conversation around the dinner table with a, a stranger, or like you said, with your loved one, and you walk away from that, and you're full and you feel good. And the conversation was life-giving, then that is a dopamine level that no like on an app could ever give us. Yes, I absolutely agree with you on that. You, you've shared so much information with us today. And I'm wondering with all of this said, with all this said in this great conversation, what are like some action steps that parents, families, communities could do to start making changes in their lives when it comes to tech use? How, how can they take all of this information and implement it into their lives in a practical way? Yeah. One of the ways we end our presentations is I have people think about two areas of your life that are two areas in your day that are really, really important to you. Uh, whether it's for connection or for productivity. Because like I said, those were the two areas that our technology was created for the purpose of it. Uh, but a lot of times those are the two areas that are um, off the rails because <laughs> our technology takes over. So mine landed on mealtimes and bedtime. Um, I just think it's really, really important to have connection during mealtime. So that's what it's kind of where I draw the line of saying, hey, we're not going to have our phones out at the table. Um, we're going to connect with each other. Of course, we. my family loves doing movie night, especially during all of this quarantine. <laughs> we, were, <laughs> yeah. we were watching, rewatching the Lost series from when my kids were real, real little. Uh, we, re we rewatched that series. So we love having movie time. But for the most part, um, having mealtime was really important in my family. And so we made that step to say, hey, we're going to do this in our home. And when we go out to eat, we're going to leave our our phones and our purses and pockets. And um, that's just kind of the area that I really said I want to see in our family change. And then the other one was bedtime and sleep health. I have young kids, they need their sleep. And so they don't have any technology in the bedroom. Um, they used to have the sound machine, but we just got a big box fan and we turned it on real high. So they have <laughs> that sound in there that helps. Um, but it also helps them wake up to their own lives when they open their eyes in the morning and they're able to just check in with their bodies, check in with themselves. You know, if you're a spiritual person, pray right when you're opening your eyes, you're, you're in your own life rather than opening your eyes to a screen and watching everyone else's life. What did they make for dinner last night? What did they do? Oh, that looked fun. Oh, I missed out. Oh, my life is terrible because I'm watching everyone else's highlights. Um, and so that gives you a, a way to start your day. And so we say to everybody, I want you to just think about two areas in your life that you want to change two two times in your day that you want to really take. And then from there, the awareness starts because you start to make changes in those areas and you start to feel how good it feels. And then you can make the changes you need for um, how much time you're going to be on your phone, how many, how much, um, how many screens, how many apps you're going to have available during your work time. Um, and those specific steps can come from there. But yeah, if you can just start with two areas in your life that you want to see um, 
that you're not teching responsible at this point and you want to learn how to, um, that's a great time to set your phones aside and, and really dive into being a human for that stint of time of your day. That's great. That That's some powerful, actionable advice for both myself and our listeners. So I really appreciate you sharing that. Thank you. Don, thank you so much for taking the time to come and join me on the Relate podcast. I not only appreciate you taking the time, but I also really appreciate the work that you're doing. It's It's so important that this message is being shared and that we're really taking the time to emphasize relationship building and to really prioritize relationship with ourself as well. I think this is so important and now more than ever. So thank you so much for everything that you're doing. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Where could our listeners find out more about you and your work? Yeah. So everything is at talkmoretechless.com. We have links there to, um, you can shop and get the 30 day journey with your detox box. And we also have a smartphone ed, which is like driver's ed for a kid getting their very first smartphone. It's just a 30 minute educational video on how to turn on uh, privacy settings, how to turn off location settings to keep you safe. And um, it has interviews with different families and also interviews with young adults who have kind of walked the road of what does digital health look like. So it's, it's a great um, tool for families of kids getting their first phones. Um, and then we have other uh, things available on our website at talkmoretechless.com. We also have an Instagram and a Facebook, Talk More Tech Less. Great. Perfect. Well, I'll make sure to include the links for those various websites for our listeners. So listeners out there, just scroll into the show notes and click those links provided. I love the smartphone, Ed. That's such a great yeah. idea. That's like, that's like drivers. That's very clever. I like that a lot. Yeah, it was fun for us to do. Thanks. I have one last question for you. How can we as a society better relate to one another? I would say, especially with everything going on right now, there's a lot to be said about looking up, looking each other in the eyes and listening to each other. Um, really being attuned to the other person that's, that's missing when we have our hands on a keyboard and we're staring at a screen and we're typing out whatever's coming to our mind, whether it's out of anger or frustration. But if we can look up, if we can look each other in the eye and we can listen to each other, then we're going to be able to relate a lot better. Well, Don, thank you so much again. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Relate. You can let me know your thoughts on this episode by going to Apple Podcasts and leaving me a review. Or if you have the Anchor app, feel free to call in and leave a voicemail. I would love to hear from you. You can support this podcast by clicking the link in the show notes. Thank you so much again for tuning in, and I'll catch you all in the next episode.